Welcome to Yapo Live, featuring conversations with top D2C leaders. On September 12th at Yapo's conference destination D2C, Imran Khan, co-founder and CEO of Verishop, sat down with Christine Legoria Chafkin of Inc. to share insider tips, industry trends, and much more. Hello everyone, welcome. Um, I'm Christine Legorio Chafkin, I'm a senior writer at Inc. Magazine. Um, I also recently wrote a book about Reddit called We Are the Nerds. Uh, this is Imran Khan. He is the founder and CEO, co-founder yes. and CEO of Verishop. Um, and he was also formerly an executive at Snap, Snapchat. Thank you. Uh, yes. So let me ask you, when you left, when you left Snap, I read that you, um, you were really interested in spending more time with your family, more, more time with your kids. And then, you know, within a year, you started another company with your wife. How, uh, how you must have really loved the new concept, huh? Uh, so, first of all, <laughs> I've been totally consistent. You know, my wife is a co-founder, so I didn't get to see her all the time now. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, before I started the company, you know, we lived in two different cities. And before that, I was a banker. I did a lot of stuff in China. So I was traveling all the time. And actually, I think first three years, I missed all of my kids' birthdays. Wow. So now, you know, I have no excuse that I have to go see a client or Evan is calling. My wife exactly know what I'm doing. So, so yeah, so that's where I started the company. There you go. Um, and, uh, and you're, I mean, the new company, Verishop, it very much does combine your wife's experience and your own. Um, where, did, where did the in inspiration for it come from for you? Yes, so I think, What's happening in the world that internet was built on the premise of open platform where anybody can come do whatever they want. They can say whatever they want to say. They can spread misinformation. They can sell fake product. So at, you know, over the last 20 years, we have seen the spread of this open platform. And what's happening in e-commerce, most of the platforms are open platform. Uh, they're marketplaces. So we wanted we were seeing that a lot of the brands were suffering because people are selling fake brands product. So we wanted to build a platform that where consumers can go find all the brands and discover new brands. Because the key thing is there's two things happening. Number one, there's a fragmentation of direct-to-consumer brands. And uh, for every brand that breaks out, there's a 99 brands trying to get attention. And it's very, very hard to be discovered right now. So we created Verishop so that those brands can be discovered on our platform. Second thing is there's a lot of department stores brand. You know, believe it or not, Neiman Markets, Nordstrom, Saxby, Barney's, Bloomingdale, they do $50 billion plus revenue. And those brands are also suffering because the department stores are going out of business. And so we wanted to create a platform that can be home for those brands as well. So effectively, Verishop is home for all brands. Great. Uh, let's let's rewind to one part of what you were talking about a little bit. Um, having reported on social media, the growth of influencer marketing, and um, and sort of the open platforms that you're discussing, where just anyone can say anything online um, on on Reddit, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and that's caused so much scrutiny lately. You do see the parallels in Amazon, where at Inc. we've recently reported on all of these counterfeit products that are being sold. Um, 
on as, as having an equal platform on Amazon to to products that are not say harmful to children. Um, now your your platform that you've built so far is um, is mostly sort of luxury goods, right? It's um, it's higher end, very well curated stuff. Can you see a future in which you offer a wider slate, such a wide slate of goods that you really do compete with Amazon or can start to fight the kind of counterfeit marketplace that it's become in at times? Yeah, so there are two things. Number one, internet has a trust problem. It is a real what's happening, right? You know, we have a trust problem, you know, what information you are receiving, you have a trust problem, what product you are buying, when you are following, you know, the people you like, they are actually getting paid and telling you uh, something that's not really true. So what we wanted to bring, we wanted to bring the trust back on the internet. And, and that's why we named the company VeryShop, like a verified shop. Uh, what we started, wanted to start with, we wanted to start with everyday luxury products. So the way we look at it is there are, there are products that are disposable commodity utility product that you really don't care if what brand it is or what it is, as long as it has some standard that it's not going to make you sick, you're good. Uh, but there is a little bit one point higher is where you care about the brand message, where you care about what the brand stands for, where you care about how the product was built. You know, so anytime a product that requires trust, we want it to be their home. You know, and, and, and what we wanted to focus on, we started with everyday luxury places, and over time we're going to expand categories. So we want to be the source of truth of whenever you're looking for a trusted product anywhere. What about like baby products or kids products? I mean, those things, they seem disposable, like a pacifier, but if you're buying one on Amazon and it's coming from, you know, a, 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 somewhere that has not been, um, you know, basically certified by the FTC or another government agency in the US and the pacifiers falling apart and choking a baby, right? Like that's sort of the recent stuff we've seen come out of Amazon. How, is that something you would venture into? Are there other lines of business that you would get into that might help you compete with Amazon more directly? Anything that requires a trust, we yeah. will we'll play. So it could be anything over time, but right now we wanted to focus on the categories that call everyday luxury. Yeah. And, and, and look, if you look at our wellness category, uh, is doing really, really well. Uh, we actually have now 65 brands that has, stand for clean and organic beauty product, uh, because that's the area that you really require trust. Uh, so, so again, I think we're gonna stand for trust and we will uh, be every category that consumers are seeking the truth seeking a quality product, seeking a product that they can care about. Yeah. Um, so far you've raised $17 million, is that right? Around there, yeah. Okay. Um, that's a lot of money for starting a boutique. But, but again, it's, it's not a ton of money to take on Amazon, right? Um, how, how do you foresee your growth in the future and what's the roadmap there? Yeah, so first of all, I. I don't think we're taking on Amazon. I think if you look at the retail sales, is, uh, it's a $5 trillion market. Only 10% is e-commerce. And Amazon does more than just retail. They have a big software business that where they are our partners. They have uh, multiple businesses. I think the key thing is, I believe that in next decade, this 10% e-commerce will be 25 to 30%. So the market will support multiple multi-billion dollar players. And if you look at market like China, where the penetration is like 20% now, you have multiple multi uh, big e-commerce players. Uh, so I don't think it's a zero-sum game. 
I think where Amazon does a really good job is of your, it's an everyday store. The product that you want on a frequent basis, and you don't really care what the brand is, you know, or you don't really care if the product has a strong brand voice. You care about the utility. Where we want to play, where you are buying something because you want some sort of brand voice, you want some sort of curation, some sort of trust, you know, those are the categories that we want to focus on. And, and I think consumers will go to both sites. They will go to Amazon for a few stuff, and they will come to our site for a few stuff. So I don't think we're competing with Amazon by any means. Yeah. Um, we, there's a lot of brands here in the audience. Um, what were the first couple of brands you were able to sign on to work with you, and what was your pitch to them? Yeah, so we have branches like, you know, it's a direct-to-consumer brand, but we have uh, brands like Bolin Branch, for example. You know, I think the biggest challenge for a direct-to-consumer brand is how do you get discovered? Right? If you look at the source of traffic, it's Google. It's very hard for a direct-to-consumer because Google is very intent-based. People have to know your brands before the search. Uh, then you go to Facebook. Uh, and one of the problems with Facebook is if you look at none of the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snap, Twitter, in the U.S. are growing that much. They're growing with kind of with the population because we have a full penetration of social media in the U.S. So the only way these companies are growing by charging you more money. Right? If you look at Snap, when I left, our ad revenue was growing 50%. Our DIU was flat. And the reason they're growing that fast because they're charging you more money. So you are in constantly paying more money to be discovered. That's not a great place to be brand. So we created Varishop where the brands like direct-to-consumer brands that have a distinct voice can be discovered on our plat platform. Because by aggregating the brands together, we aggregate the volume. Sure, absolutely. Um, I imagine you're sort of still in the in the upswing of that. Um, I hadn't I hadn't personally heard of Verishop before being introduced to this panel, and I I'd heard of you before I had heard of the new company. Um, how are you finding exposure? How are you finding those new customers um, in this era where people are feeling a little more meh about their in, looking at Instagram so much and about influencers and about the whole culture that that spread. Yeah, we're doing a lot of creative things. Like, for example, my colleague Alex Berenke created a podcast, you know, where, you know, we are partnering with a lot of the founders of the direct-to-consumer brands to tell the stories. Uh, we have a blog called The Vertical, which is doing really, really well. Uh, uh, I think, you know, we, we have really building community who are looking for trusted product in different categories. Uh, so, so, that, so that's the way, you know, through community, we are trying to expand it. Uh, it's three months into it, and so far it's going well. Yeah, um, and you have one of the ways uh, when you're navigating Verishop, for anyone who hasn't visited the site, and when you scroll down, you can see some, some products under whatever category you're on, but then there's sort of this uh, list of recommenders or experts, your own in-house folks. And to me, when I first saw it, I, I thought, these must be influencers from other platforms. Like, where do these people come from? Who are they and how did you find them? And, and do they actually drive purchases? Yes, yeah, so, so this, uh, what you were saying is, we call it tastemaker. You know, tastemaker, so, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that I think uh, challenge of shopping is you don't know what to buy. Like, I always struggle with it, right? I go somewhere and I'm like, should I buy that? Does that look good on me? And, uh, and you go to a lot of the social media and you see that, and you don't know if those people are getting paid to just post that thing. So we wanted to create this platform where we can be, be find people who are 
authority of different areas. So if you look at some of our tastemakers, they are interior designers, they are bloggers, you know, we are bringing people who have, uh, they are expert in different areas of fashion, home, beauty. You know, we have actually at one tastemaker, she is a owner of a beauty company, and they are coming over, they are recommending product from our assortment. So you still get all the benefits of buying from Varishaf, free one-day shipping, free return, 24-7 customer support, but you also get other people recommend you, and, and they explain to you why they like the product, and, and, and you can make the decision based on that. But these people are not being paid by any brands. They genuinely pick the product from our assortment. Yeah, and have you found that they've driven consumer purchases so far? Do those products that are recommended get a boost? Yes, people yeah. uh, really like it. You know, we've seen huh. very good success with that. Interesting. Um, and uh, so, I mean, do you, what's your strongest, I mean, you have all these other ways that people can find you through podcasts or media, et cetera, but what's your strongest social refer right now? Uh, actually, believe it or not, so far, we're still early, but we, ha we have a very good success on organic traffic. I think, you know, a lot of our traffic is coming from organic. Uh, because people are searching for the brands? or People are searching for the brands. Or yeah. people are hearing about Veryshop here and there. And again, it's a small number. We're three months into the business. Yeah. But that's the thing. And I think we're getting good success on organic front. Uh, and that's doing really well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, was there one brand that you really wanted to work with that you were really excited to finally sign up once you did? Is there yeah, we just signed up Vince. Vince, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I think we're really, really excited about it. And I think there are a couple of really interesting big brands coming over in the next 30 days. So stay tuned. Yeah. Um, you guys, let me talk about the company, how it actually runs. Um, you are based in L.A., yes. but you have a warehouse in Chicago. Yep. And you actually control your own inventory. Yes. The only way you can guarantee the product is real and you can guarantee the customer satisfaction, you have to control the inventory. You know, and when I tell people that, hey, we are creating this marketplace business, most people thought I have two heads uh, and, uh, and having midlife crisis. But <laughs> the, the reality is the only way to guarantee customer satisfaction by making sure product leaves your warehouse. That way we can guarantee the product is real because we're sourcing directly from the brands. That way we know when the product was shipped, when a customer calls, we can actually give them the tracking number. If the product doesn't go on time, we can call them. And uh, so yes, we start with Chicago. Uh, we, we launch free one-day shipping on Monday. Um, and then we are launching our second warehouse in Q1 in uh, California. Wow. Um, I mean, compared to, uh, I mean, there's other ways to do it, right? Um, there's uh, Zola, which uh, doesn't necessarily control its own inventory, but it does, um, you know, pre-purchase it from stores and then allow them to ship it themselves, which um, allows them to have a little more capital flexibility. Uh, so I'm assuming this is a rather costly way of going about actually building this business. Yes, because I think from a multi-brand category, like so for example, you come to our site, you bought a Vince shirt, and then you go to the ATM stores and you buy an ATM, and then you go to Supergoop and buy a clean beauty product, and then you check out, if it was a dropship model, you would get three boxes. Here you get one box. Yeah. Second, let's say two products shows up and one product doesn't show up. You call a customer support, then our customer support have to call let's say Supergoop product didn't come, have to call Supergoop, say, hey, why the product didn't show up? That's a terrible customer experience. 
I, you know, to me is like whenever I buy something, the product needs to show up on time. If it doesn't show up, I need to call someone and they will have to tell me. And I think the biggest thing, I, people shop for four reasons, price, quality, selection, convenience. And you know, look, we're not a commodity platform. We're not competing on utility product. But when you're tr competing for product that requires trust, that requires curation, and that costs a little bit more money because people are paying for the trust, you have to make sure they get the white glove service. And so you have to give the best convenience in the industry that can offer. Yeah. And like, listen, I think you're on to something in that consumers are becoming more aware of their, where their products come from, where they're buying. Um, and, and, uh, and I think they do still want the convenience of Amazon. I mean, half of American households have Amazon Prime memberships, right? It's more than half, I think. Yeah. I think the key thing is you, Amazon has done an incredible job of improving convenience for consumers. And, um, and, and I think the consumers are now demanding that. So you cannot go say that, hey, I'm going to give you something else, but I'm going to take the convenience that you are comfortable with. That doesn't work. So I actually think we need to innovate on convenience, and that's why we moved into one-day free shipping. There is no subscription fee. There is no minimum. And uh, we've actually put the, our phone number, our customer support phone number, on the top of the site. I think we are the only e-commerce site in our category that where you can go to the site and see the phone number on the top of the site of, on a desktop. On mobile, you cannot, but on the desktop, you can. Uh, so I think those are the things we are doing because I think you really have to push for convenience and at the same time, you, you drive trust. Yeah. What um, percentage of your employees are customer service and how many employees are you up to? Uh, we have around 56 people and seven people in customer support. Nice. And do you keep customer support in-house? They are in-house. Okay, great. Um, now that we have just a couple, just a few minutes left, let me ask you a couple other questions about, about Snap, Snapchat, because we can. Um, and I think we're all curious. Um, when, when at the time period when you left the company, there was just a lot, there are a lot of um, high-level departures happening, a lot of tumult. And like you said, the active users were sort of baselining or, or, or stagnant. Um, what, I'll let you speak to whatever, whatever you want to about that time, because I'm just curious what you're willing to, to talk about. Um, it, it seems like the company hasn't really truly recovered since then. It hasn't grown a ton. Um, but yet it's, it's kind of still churning. It's like there. And I'm wondering what secret weapon Snap has in its back pocket to take on Instagram. You know, what's, what's going to keep, what's going to keep things going? Like, what's, was there something that was in the works at the time? Or was there something that you can imagine they can be strong on? Yeah, I think, so first of all, Snap is a product company, and it will always gonna stay true to its product roots. And I think Evan is one of the best product developer I've ever met, and uh, he has assembled a great team, and they continue to stay drive the innovation. And, and I think over the last four years, Snap, or seven years, Evan and Stam has done a really good job innovating. Yes, they had some uh, challenges sometimes, but you know, Innovation, not, you're not going to get everything right on day one. It takes time. And I think, that, I think that Instagram and Snap serve two different purposes. Instagram, you know, opens to your, a camera that tells you what your friends are doing. 
where Snap opens to a camera that tells that let you be creative and express yourself and communicate with your friends. So completely two different purposes. One is a communication and what people communicate through pictures and visually. You know, one of the things that led me join, you know, uh, I don't know if Snap ever talked about it, but in 2014, everyone talked about how many pictures per users are taking. It's incredible. And yeah. uh, so I think it's a completely two different purposes, you know. Uh, and, and so I think both companies will continue to do very well. Uh, and, you know, to be honest, I'm shareholder of both companies. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, what was, uh, what, what's your biggest learning from your time at Snap? So the biggest learning is, so when I joined Snap, you know, we, so in, right after I joined, like in January 2015, we had zero revenue. And by the time I left in Q4 of last year, our run rate was 1.6 billion. We probably had one of the fastest revenue growth company outside Google uh, at that time, and during that period of time. And Nobody thought you could do it at the time Nobody either. could do that. Yeah. You know, I remember I was raising uh, funding and our investors were giving me a hard time, said, hey, you have zero revenue, and you're asking for this valuation. And so I think the key thing is, what we learned that if you have a group of people who are dedicated and who are passionate for the cause, and if they really, really work hard, you can do impossible thing. Mm. And, and, and I think that gets me excited about our very shop, right? Because I think we assembled a group of people who are very passionate about the problem, who wants to bring t uh, trust back to commerce, you know, so that people who wants to serve the customers the best. And I think, you know, so I'm excited about the team who, and I think we can, if we work really hard, we can do a lot of great things together. That's great. Um, let me ask you sort of a high-level question. Because you had the experience at Snap, you've been at multiple international companies in management prior to Snap, um, and now you've gotten kind of the window on Silicon Valley through the LA lens. Um, you know, now that we have this sort of legend of Mark Zuckerberg, right, this founder with so much control of his company, um, and the Snap founders also kind of retained that, that founder control um, through going public. Like, what... How is that, like, it's, that's not super common still, and is it flawed, or, or is it working? I think public market has way more power than people realize. Because at the end of the day, no matter whether it's Mark, or is it Evan, or is it Adam Newman, they all have obligation to their employees. And you will and not. They're shareholders. And shareholders. Because if, you're, if your shareholders don't support you, yeah. you will not be able to retain your yeah. top talent. And if you cannot retain your top talent, you will not have a company. You know? And so the key thing is you know, look, it's famously spoken when Facebook went public, Mark Zuckerberg showed up with wearing hoodie. But look, where Facebook came. Like, every quarter, three quarters, first two quarters, they miss numbers, and then they make numbers, and they became a business. And so I think, ultimately, public market investors have opportunity not owning the stock. And so that is a tremendous power that more than you know, a founder's voting control. Because if the company doesn't do well, no matter how much control you have, you will not be able to retain your best talent. And if you cannot retain your best talent, you will not have a company that can unwind very, very well. The other thing is, whether you have control or not control, you need to build a trusted relationship with the internet. The whole financial market is all about trust. You know, we saw companies like Lehman and Bear Stearns went out of business overnight. The moment people realized 
that there is a trust problem. So I think no matter how much control you have, you have to build trust. And, and that's a lot of power that shareholders have. Yeah, it's true. Um, what is your most audacious goal with, with Verishop? What is, do you want to go public someday? Do you have that in your sights at this point? I know it's very, very early. You're only three months in. But what can you imagine on the, the most distant horizon? I think most distance is we want Verishop to be synonymous of a trusted place to shop. So anytime consumers are thinking about that, hey, I need a product that requires trust, whether whatever it is, yeah. we want them to go to Verishop. If we can get that mindset, that builds that brand, I'll be very, very happy. Interesting. What's the biggest physical product you can imagine selling? Like a lawnmower or like, like Who a... Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well, well, thank you so much, thank Imran. You. It's been wonderful Thanks speaking for with you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thank you.